Hello, and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery. And today we are talking about the secret reason why we started this podcast, or at least Sarah's secret reason, Star Trek <laughs> Voyager. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So there are so many parts of, especially Voyager, but any Star Trek that we could talk about. But for this episode, we picked the season three episode, Macrocosm, which is the one with the giant viruses, aka the one where Janeway becomes Sigourney Weaver. I know. She's so badass. And just like, yeah, the entire scene I wrote, I'm like... They're like, she like takes off her coat and like picks up the gun and she's wearing just a tank top. I'm like, okay, well she's Ripley, obviously. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. And this was like a big, like sort of maybe like not the, a big turning point, but like the first time that we really see Janeway like being really like actiony rather yeah. than like very intellectual. Like, like she's physical. A, she's really different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really different than other captains like she's a she comes from a science background they're on like an exploratory mission so she's very much like her instinct for solving problems is like science and diplomacy not guns and stuff yeah yeah but this is kind of the start of them making her a little bit more actiony yeah yeah. just got her guns it's got some guns kate Mulgrew. yeah no she's she's very fit (laughs) yeah she was good and also Um, (laughs) she does all of this that every all the other captains does but she's wearing clunky heels because she's a woman i know i know well and also she's like a very small person so she always but yeah (laughs) at least they're like blocky heels yeah uh, yeah they're very much the same kind of heels that buffy wears when she's in the graveyards yes yeah Yes, exactly. So good. Yeah, so Janeway and Neelix are out on a generic, doesn't really matter, Mm -hmm. adventure with some random aliens that we will never see again. Mm -hmm. And then they come back to the ship and the ship is infected with giant macro viruses. And then the doctor's there, obviously, because he can't be infected. Oh, yeah, that was Lindsay's big question was like, is the doc like what's with the doctor? Is he like an AI? And I'm like, oh right, I forgot to explain. So let me explain for Lindsay <laughs> and all of you. The okay, so at the beginning of the show, the whole premise of Voyager, which I don't even know if Lindsay knows this, is that they are like 70 years away. They get like fired off through some, you know, MacGuffin mm-hmm. on into the Delta Quadrant. So they're like a 70 year voyage away from the rest of the Federation. Okay. Them and this other ship of the Maquis who are like rebels basically like they're they're freedom fighters or yeah it's kind of complicated but basically they were chasing the maquis uh through the badlands they all get sent off to the delta quadrant and then so the the crew on voyager is like the starfleet crew that didn't die which is like not that like a bunch of them died in the first episode including the doctor and then there's the maquis ship which got destroyed so the rest of their crew which is like the first officer chakotay is was the captain of that ship and then a bunch of other people and then also they come across um some delta quadrant residents who become part of the crew including neelix so he's from he's from that part of the galaxy so yeah so and the ship was installed with this emergency medical hologram which um then becomes their only doctor even though he's like he's only meant to be for emergencies but then he's like the full-time doctor on the (laughs) ship and in the 
I think it was like the mid-season finale of the third season. So like just before this episode, they like travel to the past to like the 90s LA, but also there's people from like the far, far future. Anyways, he gets a mobile emitter. So the first like two and a half seasons of the show, the doctor can only be in the sick bay or the holodeck. And then he, so that's when they're talking about his like little emitter thing. That's what allows him to go elsewhere in the ship and also on away missions after that so oh yeah so that's what he was studying studying the yes studying away mission protocol Mm -hmm. yeah because he and like why he didn't know his way around the ship despite living on it for two years because yeah Yeah. he only like i think like two or three episodes before this was when he'd first Mm -hmm. that makes much more sense because i was like his hologram emitter because you were just like he's a hologram and i'm like that doesn't help me he can touch things Yeah. Oh, yeah. So holograms, holograms in Star Trek can't touch things. Okay. Um, they're don't ask too many questions. <laughs> I never do. It's Star Trek. It's Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And then between the doctor working on uh, antiviral treatment and then Janeway with her big guns, they fight off the virus. Save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Save the day. Hooray. Hooray. So I don't know if you've. Um, talked about viruses in the last couple of years. If anybody's feeling like maybe they, they need to hear more about viruses. They might have been on the news here and there. Maybe. Which I think is why we didn't do this episode like a year ago. Probably. <laughs> because we were really sick of like viruses. And now we've just decided, well, yeah, whatever. Just life, apparently. Yep. Yeah. So in good news for us, the viruses that are featured on the show, other than being viruses and also they're aliens, so don't really have anything in common with coronaviruses Mm -hmm. which is good or any of our uh, other viruses really yeah because they are aliens uh yeah but um Lindsay, do you want to talk about what viruses are yeah so in case you've missed this from the last time you watched the beginning news (laughs) march 2020 yeah so viruses are infectious agents that can only reproduce within a living host organism which makes them different from bacteria which is a thing you learn in biology and that's the only place that anyone tells you about it. But anyway, they're different. So they're just basically genetic material, DNA or RNA, contained within a protein shield. They don't really have the ability to reproduce or do anything except infect a living cell, and then they can do stuff after that. So then they inject their genetic material into a cell and then hijack that cell's organelles to replicate their genes and produce proteins encoded by those genes, the new genes And the new proteins are assembled into more viruses, which burst out of the cell, killing the cell, and then go and infect more cells. And that's basically how a virus on the inside, like on the inside of an organism, grows. And then after that, then it's whatever, then it decides to leave the, or to like, it has enough of it, and then it leaves its host um, either completely leaving it, or part of it leaving it and spreading onto the next one. Hence why we wear masks and get vaccinated. Yay! Yay. Yeah. So, like, all the symptoms of a viral infection that, like, you as a human feel are, like, the result of your body's immune system mm-hmm. trying to Fighting fight off this. the virus. So, like, yeah. you get a fever because the higher temperature, like, kills infectious mm-hmm. cells yeah. and or infectious organisms. And, like, you get snotty. Well, the snottiness is, there's a few reasons, but, like, one yeah, of them it's... Is, is to help pass the get it out infection but also to get it out one of those things of like you're snotty you're coughing you Mm. have digestive distress in the other regions Mm -hmm. or you're throwing Mm. up all of that is your body trying to get it out which is a thing that always stuck with me one of my profs was like don't take Imodium or whatever because then you're just keeping it in yeah (laughs) it's not helping you in the long run get it out 
This is your body getting it out, and then you will get better. (laughs) And also, like, the cells... Or the sorry, the viruses are also like killing a bunch of cells in different parts mm-hmm. of your body, which causes problems. Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, viruses are really complicated, as you might have guessed. <laughs> um, and we are not virus experts, no. but we do have a strong high school understanding of viruses. We yeah. we're not virologists, but we know one. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, she's busy right now. She is busy right now. Otherwise, we would have had her on the show. But you know. She's she's got a real job. <laughs> yeah, doing virusy things as you Indeed. can imagine. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay, so the virus on the show. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to this like Harvard link, but it's got pictures of like like cartoony pictures, not very realistic pictures because they're so small that it's hard to get real pictures. Mm-hmm. But cartoony pictures of all the different viruses. So you might have heard of coronaviruses. They are like a sphere with the RNA inside and then spiky proteins on the outside basically like a spiky sphere that's one kind that's not what's in the show the one that's in the show are probably like a complex virus type there's a whole bunch of different ones basically like this groups them into like helical which is just like a cylinder kind of looks like a piece of corn or a polyhedral which is just like a polygon maybe they're polygon i don't know or complex ones that kind of look like lunar landers. <laughs> yeah, the lunar lander ones are the ones in my that we you always have to draw in biology class. It's like yes, like a hexagon with a little bit of RNA inside, and then like spidery legs. Yeah, and that's basically. how you draw a virus when you're writing yeah. an exam for your biology class. Yeah. So yeah, so examples of um, those complex viruses are bacteriophages or smallpox, and you know we all know examples of coronaviruses, and then. Yeah, the other ones we're not going to get into. Nope. Yeah, so like basically the virus goes like a little lunar lander and lands on a cell, uses its like injecty bits, which you can see on the show in large form, Mm -hmm. and then like inject the genetics and some other stuff into the cell, which is great. For the virus. Yeah, that's a virus in very brief detail. Yes. Very brief detail. Obviously, like, the types of cells that they choose to infect depends on the virus and, like, the mechanism in which they do it also depends. It's, yeah, there's so much variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what are the differences between viruses and other microorganisms? We talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the main virus is that, uh, the main difference is that viruses are completely useless without host cells, which is the big thing. The yeah. big difference between viruses and all microorganisms and also viral and be- bacterial infections. That's why they're treated differently. Um, so viruses don't contain the ability to make their own proteins or replicate their own genetic material or take on nutrients or ever or anything. If you've listened to us over the past three years, you know that the purpose of all animals is to eat, sleep, and make baby sharks. And mm. viruses can't <laughs> do any of that. They can't replicate they cannot pass on their genes, which is the whole point of literally all of life. So yeah. they need to find something to help do that. They're the smallest group of microorganisms. 500 million rhinoviruses could live on the head of a pin, or about one of one thousandth the size of a bacterial cell, which are smaller than human cells. So they're very, very, very small. Very, and very tiny. there's yeah. lots of philosophical discussions about whether they're technically living or not, and I don't really have an opinion about it i would like no. to kill them Indeed. and so therefore they're living if you go from the language perspective i don't know yeah <laughs> i mean yeah the whole like is it alive or not is very much like irrelevant yeah, to exactly. their functioning <laughs> like they do 
XYZ things regardless. Yeah, and like, we don't want to kill all of them because again, viruses is how you get Wolverine, but you're also how you get the insanity that's in my brain because of the last 18 months. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, we're never going to get rid of all viruses, and no. I don't know if we even should, because, yeah, I'm sure there's a purpose ecologically mm-hmm. to them. Like, yeah. there is a purpose to everything. Exactly. But who knows? Okay, so, on the show, the viruses, for science fiction, hand-wavy reasons, start at normal virus size, and then slowly, well, over the course of the episode, get bigger and bigger and bigger. They, like, start, they become the size of, like, mosquitoes, and then they become the size of, like, small dogs. Mm-hmm. But can yeah. float. That can yeah. float in the air. I yeah. don't... That's... Yeah. That's the weirdest part to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the whole thing is weird. But, like, yeah. So, they're flying through the air. I don't know how. Yeah, they're... Yeah. So, like, in getting... In scaling up that big, there's a whole bunch of reasons why viruses are really small. The main one for viruses is that, like, if they were any bigger, they couldn't, like, infiltrate into your mm-hmm. into your body because, like, your lungs would filter them out or your like your mucus like membranes would mm-hmm. they couldn't penetrate through they things. couldn't go in and, yeah mm-hmm. but because they're so small like when you breathe them in they like are able to get into your bloodstream and travel around your body i assume yeah that makes sense yeah so that's one reason why they're small also like they don't have any structure inside of them to like keep them not from yeah. falling apart as they get bigger mm-hmm so, so there's that. And then as they're like moving around, like, how are they flying? What's like moving their like spiky thing, like injectable bits? Like they don't have any of the like yeah. mobility mm-hmm. things that things like larger that animals have. But if we're getting like beyond just like viruses, why are like, why don't cells get really big? And like some cells do get kind of big, like, you know, like frog eggs are single cells. Well, chicken eggs are single cells too. But like, that's a specific situation and they're big for certain reasons but on average most cells are really small because as a single-celled single-celled organism like their interface with the outside world is the outside of the cell so Mm -hmm. like through that outside is how they get nutrients it's how they expel waste it's how they like if they need oxygen or whatever that's how they get all their ins and outs are through the outside of their cell as the cell gets bigger there's like more inside the cell than there is like in ratio to what's on the outside it's called like surface area to volume ratio so lots of cells like can't get any bigger because then they don't have enough like support on the outside of the cell Mm -hmm. to like feed all of the inside of their cell Mm -hmm. yeah and it would also increase risk of there's more outside like and it has to be semi-porous at least and if something bad gets in then that's it then you're dead exactly yeah. That's what we want. We want to live. Indeed. And make baby sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's like the same concept of like surface area to volume ratio is also like things like your intestines. That's why they're like all, if you look, if you look at like a close up view of an intestine, it's like really wavy and that's to increase the surface area to be able to like get more stuff into your body, like mm-hmm. nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, surface area to volume ratio, I feel like you do so much of that, like, mathy stuff. It's like the one mathy part of, like, high school biology. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like, no like math in biology. I know you like math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but these in the show are alien viruses, so who knows what they do. But they do still, in the show, hijack living hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, they just are hijacking, like, the whole host rather than an individual cell as they get bigger. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it kind yeah. of is all scaled up it's semi-proportionally. All, yeah, so like I guess some people consider viruses like an example of a um, obligate parasite. So basically, like an animal or a thing. Let's not use the word animal. A thing that um, requires a host to live mm-hmm. and or reproduce yeah and so viruses fit that description and then as they get bigger they're more like traditional macro parasites mm-hmm. uh yeah which is kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. it's definitely as far as i know the only time there's lots of like alien diseases throughout star trek but the only time that we have like gigantic ones as far as i know mm-hmm. yeah it was it's a cool idea and it's something you know like you never really think about it so it's an interesting yeah. thought experiment yeah, and... definitely. I feel like it wouldn't hold up now because, no. like, through, like, learning about coronavirus, like, public health knowledge about yeah. viruses has changed a lot. But they could do something similar where it's just, like, an infectious agent that gets bigger and bigger. They just wouldn't use the word virus. They would mm-hmm. do it yeah, differently, do I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Which but is it's cool. interesting. And, like, it's kind of a bottle episode, kind of. Like, we, mm. we were talking about this before because there's not a lot of cast and, like, I don't have a lot of Star Trek questions because the cast is, the characters are super interchangeable on this episode, most of them, aside from Janeway and And the the doctor. The doctor, so, like, it could have been literally anyone Mm -hmm. reading the rest of the lines, so. Yeah, Neelix, I guess, is the other one who, like, it kind of had to be Neelix because of his, like, somehow magically knowing about the whole side of the galaxy um, <laughs> yeah different problem but yeah like you see other cast members or other crew members but like it's super interchangeable like unless you know and care about those characters like so yeah there's a scene of like paris and balana um torres at the replicator and like they're bickering and i'm like well i mean that's <laughs> yeah okay and now i know whereabouts in their relationship we are we're still in the bickering phase mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like chakode has like you know you can I can see his deep love and respect for his captain in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're not looking for it, you wouldn't see it. Yeah. And it could have been anybody. Yeah. 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 It's good. But yeah, I would like Lindsay to have more like Voyager watching, but it's mm. hard. <laughs> yeah. But I know her sister's on my side too. I know. <laughs> she is. She was very excited about this. So. Yes. But yeah, we'll it see. is good. But yeah, there are some really good arcs in Voyager and there are some really good standalone episodes in Voyager. But then there's also other parts <laughs> like most shows <laughs> yeah yeah and like i don't know it's hard like in this one neelix is a really like fun character and some parts of the show neelix is really great and some parts he's like the worst mm. it's hard yeah he's really unevenly written i think more so than average star mm. trek characters are unevenly written yeah sometimes he's really like inappropriate and gross and kind of yeah. yeah awful surprising uh-huh yeah. Hmm. Whereas in this one, you're like, oh, now I see why, like, there are a few people that ship Janeway and Neelix, hmm. like, in this one episode. Because mm-hmm. they, they work well together. Yeah. They have, like, good respect. Yeah, I don't really, I personally don't think they have any chemistry, but I could see, like, it would make sense in the show for them to get together. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, they do not. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> gross. Because, yeah, he's sometimes awful. Yeah. Are you curious about more Voyager? I am. Like, if I, if I was going to watch anything, it would p- probably be Voyager because yeah. everybody's, everybody, the two of you are so um, <laughs> Janeway focused. I know you have lots of feelings about lots of other Star Trek as well. Yes. But that would probably be it. But I just, I don't know. I'd have to get trapped into something somehow. 
which yeah, has happened before and how I've watched other shows. So never say never. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And in exciting Star Trek news, Kate Mulgrew, who plays Janeway, is voicing um, a character in the new Prodigy, which is like the mm. kids animated series. Yeah. Um, I think I think she's playing not actual Janeway, but a holographic version of Janeway. Oh, awesome. So kind of like the EMH, but like an, a command version. Yeah, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. So should be fun. Um, I'm very excited that she's in it because she has a great voice. I've listened to her oh, my goodness, narrate yeah. a few. So she narrates the autobiography of Catherine Janeway, um, like spinoff novel. Oh, on yeah, it's super good. And also, I've listened to her read like a play and some other stuff. She just has a really good. She voice. does have a real good voice. She was very, as much as she was channeling Ripley, she was also kind of channeling Catherine Hepburn. I would think like oh, with her yeah, accent. Totally. Yeah, like it's that's definitely like, she has the same accent as yeah, Catherine Hepburn. That's what it yeah. is. Like she's like standing there talking like with her guns out and like with her actual gun and like mm-hmm. in her tank top and all this stuff. And I'm like Catherine Hepburn. Is that? That's yeah. weird. This is a weird combo. Yeah, she has like that same like New Englandy accent. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. And like also like just the way that she does her hair. And I'm just like, yes, yes. I could see yes. it. She gets like less. She gets a bob. I think. Oh, yeah. I remember the in a, bob. Yeah. In a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like season but, four, I think she gets a bob. Yeah. yeah. That does help explain why Amanda is so drawn to her. Yeah. No, she's she's good. No, she's, good. she's pretty dope. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyways, if you're a Star Trek Voyager fan and have other Voyager episodes that you think that we should do, let us know. Mm-hmm. You can find us on social media at Nature Finds a Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or our website is naturefindsapod.com. We will be back in two weeks. Speaking of Ripley, this has kind Ooh. of turned into Sigourney Weaver year, which I'm fine oh, with. apparently. Uh, with Gorillas in the Mist, which I've never seen, and I'm very excited. Oh, you've never seen it? Oh my no, God. I've never I seen it. Yeah. Oh man. Good times. But no, right. I was thinking about Sigourney Weaver year, and I was like, is there science in Galaxy Quest? Should we watch Galaxy Quest? We should and watch Galaxy Quest. Let everybody let us know, and we'll just, maybe we'll just do it. <laughs> I, will start anyway. our, I will anonymously start a petition for us to do Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I'm sure other people will sign on. I'm not Indeed. opposed to watching it. That movie is awesome. Oh, so good. Um, okay. In the meantime, stay, stay science, science friends. friends.